Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. The Crossing Church exists to see every person restored to God and to the life He created them to live. And we want to walk through this journey with you. If you need help or if you need prayer of any kind, you can text the keyword, I need help to 31996. Or if you give your life to the Lord, we would love to know. You can text the keyword, I said yes, to that same number, 31996. Someone from our care team will reach out to see how we can walk through life with you. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Enjoy the message. And I so appreciate our team and all the folks here, both volunteer and staff, just such a tremendous, tremendous team. I tell you, Christine, you could have just told me you wanted to preach. (laughs) Just hand you the football. You got it. Doing good. Hey, let's get this out of the way. All right. (sighs) Somebody went to the game. This was... This was actually in the game and clearly a false prophecy from uh, last week. So we stone all those who were falsely prophesying. All right, so I'm weeping a little bit, but I will tell you, Aaron Rodgers has beaten the Cowboys about every, every time he's ever played them. So to watch him go home last night, I will have to say, my heart's full of joy. So as good as it can be. So, man, anybody can beat anybody. That's just the bottom line there. But let's get off of football. Uh, Kickoff's at three, so I got about three hours. Okay. (laughs) Gang, open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. And gang, if you're new with us, we are in our time of prayer, as Amantre was saying on the announcements there. 37 days we dedicate the first of every year, and we have for, I don't know, 20 plus years just dedicated this first part of the year to the Lord, seeking him, getting direction, uh, opening ourselves. And we've built it this year because of just the strangeness of our time. We, we are, how many of you understand, and we talked about this a little last week, we are in the final days. Every generation says that. And uh, perhaps I'll be 110 saying it, we're in the final days. But uh, the signs just continue to grow more and more. And whatever your eschatology is, whether Jesus is coming once or twice or somewhere in the middle, it doesn't matter. He's coming Tuesday or sometime thereafter. That's my eschatology. But as he, his time closes in, we do know that through Scripture, uh, strange things on the earth and perplexities and challenges are going to happen, and they're going to grow more and more and more. And so it calls for a time like this. We need instruction from our leader. We don't need guesswork right now. We need to hear from God. And gang, as I've said on multiple occasions, and it's not me, it doesn't matter that I say it, it's just, it's just a truth. Church, as we've done it for the last 20 years, has accomplished what it's going to accomplish. We've, it's, it's not bad, it's good, but, but what the world needs out of us is something uh, far greater. We need the power of God. We need God to come and be real. And so I want to encourage you. In fact, this, I thought about this in the first service. I feel like one of the, one of the pushes and a part of what this morning is, just let the Holy Spirit push you a little bit. He's stretching me. We're going to get to that, but that's what that rubber band's all about. Uh, but one thing is I think we are so addicted to explanations. We like explanations of Scripture. But when it comes to actually experiencing God, there may be some folks in here that have a little fear of that. And I understand that. We like the explanation. Explain it to me, but don't make me experience it. I want to help. I just want to tell you, I I believe God brought you here today so that you could know God's not offended that you have that fear, but he wants to help you push past that. 
help you push past that. We need to experience his power because us explaining every, we've explained everything we can explain to the, this planet and it's done what it's gonna do. We need the power, something beyond humans and our best, our best performances. So uh, 37 days, this book is going through uh, and we are building it around Second uh, Chronicles 7.14, which says this, uh, if I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, send pestilence or plagues or grasshoppers to eat your crops and all that stuff. And if my people, everybody say if. Yes. If my people do four things, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Those four things. This isn't a formula, by the way. This is the Christian lifestyle. Living in humility. It's a lifestyle every day. I got to keep, I, I keep reaching for glory every day. It's not a one-time thing. Being a glory giver is what humility is. Stop reaching for glory. Give glory. Uh, humble yourself. Pray. Have conversations with God. Talk about you. Talk about him. Talk about your family. Talk with God. Uh, seek his face. That means to worship. Man, be a worship. Honor his presence. When you feel it, when you don't feel it. I felt the Lord there today. When you don't feel it, I promise you, he's still there. Uh, so just honor his presence. Being a worshiper. This is a disciple's lifestyle. And turning from our wicked ways. That's simply staying aware that you're in a body of flesh. It has appetites and uh, it takes at least 59 years to perfect it. And uh, no, you cannot perfect as long as it's flesh. So you're constantly needing to stay in management of Holy Spirit telling you, hey, your attitude stinks. You're, in, you're participating in sin. You got yourself caught in some kind of a thinking cycle, a sin cycle. That's just, man, that's just a part of this lifestyle. But we get today to the then. Everybody say then. Yeah. I talked about the if. We're going to start today into our book and through the rest of 37 days, God's saying, now, here's what I'm going to do. Then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sin and I'll heal your land. Uh, now, understand this was written under the old covenant. This was written to Solomon under a, a far less covenant. Uh, and for them, it meant, hey, if you'll come to this temple, because God follows it up by saying, my eyes will perpetually be on this building. And if y'all will come to this temple, uh, th this is what I'll do. Uh, that was under the old covenant. These principles still uh, uh, apply, but we're under a far better covenant. Uh, now, if you, and here's my comparison, that was kind of phone booth technology. Anybody remember when you had to wear a pager and your boss would page and you'd have to go find a phone booth and drop a quarter, you know, and half of those things were broken, you'd be going bang, bang, bang. Well, we moved from phone booth technology to cell phone technology. And here's what Jesus said. Hey, you don't have to go to the temple. I'll give you my name. And if you'll, if you'll exceed, receive me as Savior, I give you my access. I'm handing you my cell phone to talk to the Father. So anywhere you are, at any time, you can say, in the name of Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? Don't ask me anything else. Don't ask me for anything. But ask the Father in my name. I'm going to rest. <laughs> I'm going to be interceding for you. But ask the Father. There's your access. You're tracking with me. So today, we are moving into this time of saying, God, what, what does it mean? And what, what value is it that he says, I'll hear from heaven? Now, I started to build this message around about 15 scriptures that say, here's, here's, what, here's scripturally why the Lord will stop listening to you. And I could have built it and made us all feel bad. Everybody would have... You'd have gone out here thinking, he's never going to listen to me. So, but I, I want to give you some hope today, and I feel some conviction to help some of us get unstuck. Anybody here feel stuck? In your, even in your Christianity, good Christianity, sometimes we get stuck. 
I heard a pastor yesterday, he said something. My wife sent me something from this pastor, and, and he said this comment, we're moving from an audience to an army. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's very good. Part of the change is from us just being kind of, man, pastor, feed me and play my favorite song, but get me out on time so I can see the kickoff and all that, to wait a minute, I'm going to war at 12 I need some equipment to war with, and all of us are in this together. All of us are in here helping one another together. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ, you're going to have that opportunity in just a minute. But you need to be a part of the local church so that we can all work together as we move forward. Hey, here, here, let me hear it say, I'm getting all jumbled here. I'm just not speaking in tongues, I promise. I know. Uh, back in the old days, somebody jumped up and said, I've got the interpretation. Uh, I want you to hear this. We are built for this moment. We are up for this. God chose us to be alive right now. We got this, but only if. Again, there's an if and there's then. We do the ifs. Keep doing the ifs. He'll do the then. He says, I'll hear from heaven. Let me uh, tell you what we're going to talk about today. Uh, and you're in 1 John, right? Did I tell you to go to 1 John? If I didn't, go to 1 John chapter 5. Verse 4 says this, John talking to us. It says, for every child of God, every child of God defeats this evil world. So there's good news for you right there. No matter how bad it gets, the children of God defeat this evil world. How do we do it? We achieve this victory through our faith. Everybody say faith. faith. Our faith. Okay, there's our weapon. Jump on down to verse 13. He talks a little more. My purpose in writing is simply that you who believe in God's Son will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have eternal life, the reality and not the illusion. You can know for sure you're saved. That's what John's telling us. You can know. So that perpetual insecurity that keeps us just always in shame management and trying to stay saved and all that. No, you can know. You've received Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is plenty big enough to save you and keep you saved. Keep you safe. And how bold and free we then become in his presence, freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. And if we're confident that he's listening, here's why it's important that he said, I'll hear from heaven. If we're conf confident that God is listening, we know that what we ask for is as good as ours. He said, if you pray according to my will, and you're confident, if you're confident that you know he's listening, then you know when you pray, it's as good as done. You may have to wait it out, but that's where that confidence comes. I'll give me an example. We're going to talk about faith today, and that's, that's the beauty. The scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But John's also saying it also, faith also comes by knowing he hears you. And we become bold and free when we begin to get more and more confident. I practice, gang, walking around this church, getting up everywhere I am, in the shower this morning. I was saying, God, you hear me. I'm here half awake. But one thing I know for sure, while I'm praying right now, I don't know how, but you hear me. And just saying that, just saying it, I, I feel my faith start to lift to go, you hear me, God. You are aware. You're attentive. I was about seven or eight years old. And, uh, man, my life was all about swimming. Anytime my dad said we're going to the, to the swimming pool, it was just, that was the best thing, just to go swimming. And uh, at our, our local uh, prison pool there, my dad was a prison employee, and there was a, it's a long story. Anyway, <laughs> there was a place where all the prison employees went swimming. So uh, we had a pool. So it was on the women's prison unit. And I was more scared of the women than the men. But uh, that's another, 
another story. So here at this, this is a great pool, and it was, had a high dive and a low dive. And for whatever reason, this particular week, I had been telling my brother, my dad, everybody that would listen to me, I'm going off the high dive this week. I'm going to do it. I'm going off the high dive this week. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm all of 100 pounds and four or five, and, but I'm going off the high dive. I was just pumped. And so uh, dad says, all right, let's get in the car. It's a Saturday. We head there. Uh, dad and mom go sit on the, on the swings that were beside the pool. And uh, I run just giddy screaming. Man, I go get on that ladder, 32-foot high, high dive now. So here we go. I'm going up that thing, climbing. And the further I got, the more I started second-guessing why I was so excited. I'm looking <laughs> down and going, what have I got myself into? I keep going, though, because there's other, everybody in the pool is watching me. So I'm too proud to turn around. And somebody's behind me, you know, wanting to come up the stairs. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. So I get to the very top of these stairs, and I freeze. I look over, and my dad's over there in his T-shirt, you know, and uh, his swim trunks. He's going, come on. You can do this. My dad had patience. Uh, he didn't have any patience, actually. <laughs> Can't call it patience. My dad was just like. So he said, come on. You can do this. Come on. Do it. And I spent the next 15 minutes I would, I would run to the end of it and go, oh, it's, I can't. And I would run back and forth. And uh, people were hollering, people honking on the highway driving by after a while. It's like, come on, boy, what is wrong with you, you sissy? Jump. So, uh, man, I was go I couldn't. So uh, after a while, my dad takes off his T-shirt, dives into the, the deep end, and goes and treads water. And he says, now, come on, I'm right here. And something about... The extra attentiveness helped me to overcome. I, I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't scared. I was still scared. But just knowing that's my dad right there. He's right there. He's, I, just, I stepped off. Whoops. Chlorine went up to my brain and blew my brain out. But I still you know, swam as quick as I could over to that ladder. I thought I was the hero. And I must have done it 15 or 20 times that day. I just as many times. I just so excited. My point is, when you know God is attentive, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be scared when you're getting stretched. It just means you're going to have enough courage. It'll cause your faith to lift. That's what John's saying. If I know he's listening and I'm praying according to his will, I know he's got this. Gang, today I want to help some of you, and, here's, and I'm prone this way as well. There's something in us. That, that, that wants to pray and have God provide, and once he's made it easy and safe, then we'll go. And there's folks in this room that have been stuck for a long time because you've been praying, and you're sincere, and I've done the same thing, sincere, going, Lord, when you provide, then I'm gonna go. And what I have discovered is actually, when you're a baby Christian, like the first week and a half, maybe, some things come easy. I really have noticed this. Baby Christian seems to get some things done. It's like, you know, but as you grow up in faith, I can't remember the last time God made something easy. Now, hear me. What I started recognizing, the reason I turned the message to the direction we're going to go today, I recognized something over this last year, probably over the, over the COVID year. I started losing my taste for that tension you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, eh, I don't want to be under stress again. Lord, teach me how to pray so you make it easy, and then I'll go. 
all right? And the Lord began to help me. So pick up your rubber band there. Now I'm gonna challenge you to actually wear this rubber band. I've been wearing this one for a couple of days, but you're gonna do it for a reason. That rubber band right there, it represents your faith. Now understand this, until you put it under tension, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good. Until you put this under some tension and stretch it so that it kind of will hold your potato chips bag together or your coffee beans or whatever else or your whatever, until you put it under some tension, it's really not worth a whole lot. You, you know, I could, I, could, I could actually shoot my brother right here. All kinds of uses for it, but only if you put it under some tension. I got this idea now, it's not original with me. Let me, let me show you the scenario and we'll get into this message here. Uh, but I, seriously, and again, uh, if, you're, uh, if you're allergic to, to rubber bands, please remove the rubber band, call your doctor immediately. Uh, all the materials used in it were organically grown and uh, you know, gluten-free, so there. <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, I, I was getting ready to go and write for 37 days back in August or September, I can't remember what it was. And gang, we've been preparing to, uh, to start our project and get, get our, our building built. And over the COVID years, we just put it all on hold. And over the COVID year, we decided instead of selling this property and building one big, huge thing out there, we'll just keep this property and build a first phase. Originally, we designed about 55,000 square feet and it was coming in at about somewhere between 13 and 15 million. We were gonna have to sell this property in order to move forward. COVID came, we hit the brakes on everything. During that time, we decided, you know what, let's just keep this building and reduce the footprint and just build what we need to get started there. We'll use both campuses, and then as we can, we'll add the rest of the facility. So we need a children's space, gotta have children, gotta have nursery, gotta have an auditorium. That's all you need to get started. We can do everything else over here. So. This was the plan, and we had some, some folks kind of doing a little architecting. Uh, well, we had a, a, a company that was going to build for us. We had a meeting for This is just before I go and get on an airplane. And in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking uh, the numbers were coming in, you know, 13 to 15 million before. We're reducing from 55 to 30,000 square feet, thereabouts. I'm thinking the number's going to be 7 or 8 million Seven or eight million, I can't tell you how, how just, that's Scooby Snack. That's just like, hallelujah. Lord, we have figured this out. And these guys describing this situation to me, to us, there's a, we had a meeting, Gary, some guys in here. They're, they're going on and on about we can do this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. And uh, I'm, I'm getting impatient to, to say, I don't care, what's it gonna cost? Get, get me to the bottom line. Tell me the great news. And uh, we get to that point, and they start fudging a little bit, start hedging, apologizing. Like, well, that ain't good. Well, now, Pastor, and here's what he said. Pastor, since the COVID year, uh, steel is up three times. Aluminum is up three times. Glass is up three times. Wood is up. I'm like, hey, I feel it. I get the trend. And man, he drops a number for 20000 square foot less that was still about $3 million ahead of where I, 
I was comfortable. I really just thought this is a lay down. I thought he was going to say it. If he had said it's eight and a half million, we, we could have just said, hey, well, you get, go get a shovel and start tonight. I mean, we, we've been practicing, gang, uh, because of y'all. Uh, we, we've got a million and a half, two million in the bank toward the, the project for two years. We've been practicing paying a $7 million note. We've been practicing. We've been taking money away, sticking it in an account, knowing that we can do this. This, this, this will fit into our budget, and we, we did it through the COVID year. We can do this. So it was like we're good stewards, and we can responsibly handle that kind of debt uh, with this money. And I'm telling you, I was so excited to hear $8 million and for us to go, Phew, let's get going. And he drops this stuff on me. Anybody else on the front end of challenging news act like a three-year-old? <laughs> I mean... In the room, now I was in the room with some of our folk and, and some of the pastors. So in the room, I did what any self-respecting pastor does. That is, okay, that's tough, but the Lord will supply. But when I got to my office, I was like, what are you thinking? What, what God, why is this so difficult? And I got to go get on an airplane. And uh, man, it just rocked me. It's like, man, this has been so tough. When are you going to make this easy? You got all these brothers around here going, yeah, well, this guy just wrote us a $20 million check and praise the Lord. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and a uh, friend up here, uh, Steve, man, that 50 acres they, they have, they got it for like 50,000. Ridiculous, like crazy. Like, I'm like, shut up. It's like, Lord, I want one of those. Why, why can't you do that for me? I want one of these things where it's like, well, here's your, we're just going to give it to you. Hallelujah. No. So I'm mad. I mean, I am mad. I, I, I get on that airplane and just fuss the whole way, get to the hotel. I get my gym clothes on, and I go straight to the gym because I'm mad. I'm, I'm like, I got a great workout in. Man, I was so mad. I was just sweat pouring. Thanks a lot. I hope you're watching. You see I'm, how much faith I got. just got me, man. It just got me. And I get back to my hotel, uh, back up to my room, and uh, finally, just and I and I just said, God, we got to talk. And uh, and I started storming around that just like a three year old, just storming around it. I don't necessarily ask you to copy this, but if you if you ever do this, you'll know. Okay, I'm not totally insane. It just got me. It just got me. So I'm storming around there, going, what, what, Lord, what are you doing? And how come this can't be easy? And why did those prices go up? And are, you said we're going to do this, and you told me this, and you said this, and you said this, and I just started saying, God, this is your problem. This isn't my problem. I'm tired of this. This is your problem. Which that's actually very good praying, by the way. <laughs> Whatever's bigger than you are, it's, it, that, that goes in his portfolio. This is your issue, man. And I told you, God, and I'm just fussing. So I get the room set up to write, and I hit the bed early, and I turn on TV and television and turn the volume down just so I got a little nightlight. Now, I'm not scared of the dark, but it's my first night in the hotel. It's just... <laughs> Just a little something there. So, uh, and I wake up at five in the morning. And when I wake up, I look at the television. I can't hear what's being said, but Jensen Franklin, who is a pastor, has got a rubber band like this and he's doing this. And I can tell he's screaming, stretch, stretch, stretch. He's just saying it. I, I, still, I still hadn't heard him. I'm fumbling for the TV thing and I hear the last 10 minutes of his message. But gang, when I saw that rubber band, like that, I knew that's God's answer to me. Randy, stretch. Stretch, baby, stretch. 
Today, I'm telling you, stretch, stretch. Faith, it's, it's all about, the. listen, the power is in the stretch. It's in the stretch. This is how you change. This is how the world gets changed. In the stretch. So point number one. At first I call this start ugly. But I changed it to go for it. And here's, <laughs> it sounds more, here, here's what I'm saying to you. Man, when while, while we're waiting for things just to come and for God just to make it all perfect while we go, gang, these aren't the days for that. that those days, if they ever were those days, I don't think they were. We've tried to create church life that sounds like, man, God's just so giddy about you. He just, all he thinks about is what you're worried about, and he's just going to fix it all and make it all good for you. I don't know who's actually arrived there, but I certainly haven't. And it's because if you read your Bible, I don't see anything but, but men and women of God stretching under duress, waiting, praying, standing in faith. And if you think there's not stress involved in that, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, I'd love to preach to you a real idealistic something, but there's some stretch involved in this, and especially when you're starting. Some of you have been waiting on a business opportunity to come, and it's just, look, here's what I wanna say, start ugly. Just start, uh, just go. Uh, listen, here, here's what you need to know. I, I don't know if we're two or three million dollars away from finish. We're not waiting till the money shows. We're going. We're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna start ugly. It's gonna show up on the way, but we're, we're starting. We have to go. It, you know, that's where the power is. The power's in the stretch. Uh, my precious wife, uh, we, we had this opportunity. She dreamed a little bit about a, a boutique, and she'd talk about it, but, it, I, man, I was kind of like, eh, that's sweet and all. And, uh, but uh, a couple of years ago, three, I don't know how many years ago, two or three years, six years ago, oh my God. So six years ago, it's been a long time. Uh, this opportunity kind of came up. I, the older I get, the quicker it goes by. Uh, so this opportunity comes up and she says, hey, uh, so-and-so's gonna open up this space here and the people there are gonna go. Anyway, this opportunity came we hadn't really talked a lot about it. We hadn't prayed a lot about it. We just both had a piece, and in about two weeks, probably more than that, but it just seemed like a pretty quick decision. We were like, okay, never done a boutique before, but okay. Man, there was no, let's go to school, boutique having school, or let's go talk to eight people who started it. Let's go see what, you know, uh, whoever has to say. Man, it was like, okay, boom, it's right there in our laps. Like, we have a boutique. She has a boutique. I'm just like, and again, here's the thing. We, we, uh, she has some friends that said, hey, we'll take you to market, uh, which we thought meant show her, you know, show her around the market. In Dallas, there's about a 600-story building, and every story on it has 100 stores, and that's where you go. All the clothes you're wearing, they were once in that market. Trust me. And uh, so, and it, it's 18 stores, I think. But anyway, the, so Stacy goes with this couple, and uh, when they said take her to the market, that's all they meant, take her to the market. They took her through the doors and said, see ya, and she had to go and start figuring out floor by floor by floor where clothes were, uh, talking to people. The point is, it wasn't easy at all at the front end, and it was a bit overwhelming, 
But she got in there and started butting heads with this overwhelming thing. And you know what? One, after a little while, started figuring it out. Now, if you need to know where things are at the Dallas market, there she is. She'll take you to market. Gang, but here, here's the deal. Man, if we'd have waited until we knew how to do everything, we'd have never gotten going. Man, she had that thing up and going and making money pretty dang quick. But we, I mean, it was one of those things where it's just like, just start figuring it out as you go. If you're waiting for simple and perfect and easy, it's never going to happen. Gang, there's so much in life in, in your walk with God. You just got to swing the bat. You got to go. Hey, listen to me. So there's folks in here, you look at folks who exercise gifts, gifts of the Spirit. Prophecy, word of knowledge especially. Paul said, earnestly desire to prophesy. I mean, really, really want this one. And, and again, there's folks in here that would say, you know what, I'm okay with the explanations. I don't want to experience anything. Let me push you a little bit. Just push you a little bit. I'm built a little that way. But I'm sick of hearing my explanations. And they've done what they're going to do. We need, the, we need to experience his presence. There's folks in here, you, you see that, and it's easy just to explain it away and go, well, prophecy's not for today. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, there's been some ridiculous, crazy, predictive prophecies. I'm not talking about pr- prophesying the next president. Don't do that. <laughs> Swing and a miss. I'm talking about the New Testament gift that's really about encouragement, not predicting. To encourage, exhort, to lift up. And there is, if you've ever had somebody come and confirm something you've been pondering out of the gift of prophecy, there's nothing like it. It'll set you forever. And, and when, when, when the Spirit of God speaks, and you think it's this mystical something out here that just only happens to special mysticals, kind of strange, charismatic people. Listen, it's available to every single person here. When the Holy Spirit's resident, the gifts are, are, are available. But I used to think this way. It, it's, that, that's just never happened to me. That just doesn't happen to me. It's not, and it's not going to. It's not going to come jump on you where you go, was that true? It's not going to happen that way. You actually start to, here's 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. says, look, if you don't have love, skip the gifts. You're going to make a mess of everything, and we've seen that. I'll tell you a place to start. Start praying for people and say, God, fill me with love for that person. Fill me with love. And out of that love, begin to think of encouragement. You do it. Don't wait for it. Don't wait for a feeling or the ooey-gooey's. Don't put on worship music for two hours. Do what I'm telling you. You're not, it's not a feeling. Start thinking of how can I encourage them. Thoughts will begin to come to you as you do it, and then you're going to have to make that little weird step again. You're going to have to step out. Step out. Send it in a text form. That's safe. Safer. Write it in an email. That way you can reread it. Or pick up the phone and say, look, and I've done this so many times, gang. I've done this so many times. We're on a, it used to set aside my Wednesday mornings and make calls. And I'd just say, Lord, put somebody on my heart. I'd come in here and pray. Lord, put, some, put somebody on my heart. And I would call them and just start encouraging them what I heard. And, and I'm telling you, I would think every time, this is stupid. What am I doing? They're going to think I'm a nut job. What, this pastor calling out of the blue to say, hey, I was praying for you, and this is what the Lord said. Man, I I just started practicing that. Not one time, every single time, every single time I got roughly the same response. Pastor, you can't believe how important that is. 
I had dreams. I, I, this, it just it bizarre things. I think I'd pray for somebody's brother I'd never met and go, look, I was just praying for your brother. My brother's this and that and this and that. That's amazing. I needed to hear that. Every single time, gang, not one time did I feel all ooey-gooey spiritual or, oh, my gosh, there's a mystical gift or, man, it was me having to take a risk. I could have looked stupid. And you know what? Sometimes you might. That's okay. Old covenant, you'd get stoned. New covenant, we got room for it. You can swing the bat and miss sometimes. (laughs) Go for it. That's my point. Give Give you the scripture here. Hebrews 11:8 says, "By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going." Anybody else want to do that? Uh, Randy, I've got an inheritance for you. Go get it. Well, where is it? Uh, you don't need to know that. Just start walking. It's a terrible plan. That's a horrible plan. I want GPS. I want to know where the buckies are at. I want to know where the bathrooms are at on the way. I want a plan. No, start. Start ugly. Just push away. Start ugly. Precious woman with the issue of blood. She basically was on a perpetual cycle for 12 years, and in the culture she was in, she had to walk around crying, unclean, unclean, the woman in the Bible. One day she got up and she said, you know what? I'm not crying unclean, unclean today. I've heard Jesus is coming by, and I am not going to play by the rules today. I am actually going to go and stretch, and I think if I could just stretch, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just get there, people are going to think I'm nuts, and she did it. She touched the hem of his garment, and, and she was healed, and Jesus, Jesus is God, and he didn't even see her coming. He said, wait a minute, who touched me? And the disciples said, everybody's touching you. Just what are you talking about? He says, no, somebody touched me in faith because power came from my body. And he turned around and said, baby girl, your faith, your faith. You went for it. You went for it. And your faith has made you whole. Man with a withered hand in the synagogue. All having arguments. Is it lawful to heal a man on the seventh day or should we wait till the next day? Jesus said, of course it's lawful. You, sir, stretch forth your hand. And when he stretched forth his hands, he was healed. It doesn't have to make sense when you get started. Gang, here's what I'm saying to you. Whether it be gifts, ministry, a business, I feel like folks are stuck. I feel like some of us are stuck. You're just stuck. And you just need to hear this morning, God say, swing the bat, baby. Go for it. I hear you. I'm attentive. Go for it. It'll get a little scary. Go for it. You tracking with me? Number two, there's provision in the stretch. The provision is in the stretch. It's when you take the steps, when you go. Scripture says this, give, you give, you give, you do this. Give, and it'll be given to you. They'll pour into your lap good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for by your standard of measure, it'll be measured back to you. You give, you do it, you swing the bat. God taught this to to me and my wife years ago, actually in the early 2000s. I won't call a year because I'll get it wrong, but a while back, where we started practicing. We'd always tithe, always given in our tithe, but we did it legally. I didn't know any better. I just did it because that was the right thing to do, and my mother would yell at me if I did, and I just did it my whole life. But when God began to open up, no, this is about me changing your heart so that you can have a generous heart. 
and I wanna bless you not to just so that you can have big houses and cars. I wanna bless you because when I do that to your heart, you're gonna, wanna, you're gonna see needs and you're gonna wanna give to it. You're gonna wanna touch it. And I'll make it so that you'll never see a need where you can't say, boom. I wanna touch that need right there. But one of the first things he said to do is he says, you need to get out of debt. And he, he required that I sell my bass guitar. I did put it on credit, and it was about $3,500 worth of guitar, but it was my Ken Smith. How could a, a God that loves me ask me to give up my Ken Smith? Why not just give me the money for it? Man, that whole, that whole season of our life started, it didn't start with a bunch of blessing coming in. It started with God saying, look, I want to bless you, but I got to teach you to steward your monies first. It isn't all giving to get blessed. You want to set an atmosphere where God can set his blessing? Be generous of heart and keep giving and be a good steward. You put those two things together and God will go, that I can bless and it'll start to flow. On the front end, though, I will tell you, it wasn't all hallelujah. It was my kinsman, my base. The great news is somebody bought it offline, and you'll never guess who. I said, Lord, this, this base has got to go. I, can't, I just can't stand that this thing's going to end up in a club every weekend playing whatever. Lord, would you please let this base go to somebody that's a believer? I, I packed all these Christian books in, the, in my case because I was just determined if they're not, they're going to get saved. <laughs> The guy who bought it offline, bought it offline, I sent it to him. When he got it, he calls, and he says, hey, I just want you to know, ch check this out. I play bass for Jensen Franklin every Sunday. If you want to see your bass, just t turn on the television. <laughs> That's God. Anyway, and, and I've got to tell you the rest of the story. And God blessed me with another base that I paid cash for that today, if I tried to sell it, it'd be about a $7,000 base. This base is unbelievable. Anyway, I, I, someday I'll have to tell you that whole story. There's provision in the stretch. If you'll obey and stretch, there's provision in the stretch. Base is better than my kinsmith. All right, provision is in stress. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Try me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing that you cannot uh, receive. Bottom line is this. We give our first 10%. That's what tithing is. But it isn't just doing it to do it legally. It's saying, God, my first and best belong to you. And it's relational. It's not legal. If it's, it's relational. God, I trust you, so I don't wait to give the last 10%. I bring my first 10%, and I trust you. My wife and I have experienced the blessing of the Lord because of building strong stewardship and being faithful in our giving. And anyway, be, get, let that get revved back up. Some of you have desired, I want to be, be a ridiculous giver. I want to bless God. And as soon as I get one more million in my, in my 401k, Lord, I'm going to give. As soon as I win the lottery, oh, God, if you'll bless me with the lottery, then I'm going to do it. Let me help you. Stop all that. Give now. Start looking for needs and be the answer. Be the answer you can be. Go, go, go. Go for it. All right. Provision is in the stretch. There was a time when I was a young pastor. Okay, I'm going to go quick. When I first started pastoring, uh, we built the church up from 300 to 30. I was really terrible at this. <laughs> uh, and so we were tight. Everything was tight financially around here. And there was one of our, our children's pastor. 
wanted to renovate, and I felt like we needed to renovate over there. It was archaic, the building over there. It's going to cost all of $10,000. At that time, 10000 sounded just like $3 million did a, a, a couple of months ago. $10,000, like $10,000. We don't have anything in the bank. We're trying to get money in the bank. All of the pastors are just, there's not there's about three of us on salary, uh, and we're living poor. And uh, $10,000, man, we took that step. It ended up being 15000 Man, we had more money in the bank when we got through with that project than we started. Next thing came up, we wanted to renovate this, this over here, and this thing had goat's blood on the wall and pews. It was awful. It was like a, a, a horrendous, and uh, it needed renovating, and it was going to be $100,000, and again, I was like, can it be $10,000? It was $100,000, and at that time, $100,000 faith was like, oh, I mean, it was run out and throw up sick. No, did I get up in front of a as a pastor now, I'd say, man, the Lord's going to supply and he's going to provide. But when I'd go get in my car to drive home, I'd go, oh, my God, what in the world? If you don't come through, is that too real for you? That's what this feels like. That's what that feels like. Lord, I'm stepping out, and I can't say that I'm just all 100% here, so you better come through, or I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to make us both look bad. Does that help somebody? Man, we did 100, it, that project ended up being 150,000. We had more money in the bank when we finished it, just by going, just by, by trusting God. We had a guy here that was given 100 and a half. We had our, our total, Laura, our total budget back in those days was like 300,000 for the whole year. We had one guy given 100 and a half of it. And he would take me out to lunch and say, hey, I made an investment. Uh, you're gonna be getting a check for about another $50,000. And I loved those lunches. That's fantastic lunches. But he took me to lunch one day, and he said, hey, I just need to let you know. And he had worked it out all on paper. He was a money guy. He said, look, I'm retiring, and as of date X, all of this comes to a stop. It's like, and so, and I do what a pastor does. Well, the Lord will supply. But I get in my car and do, have another throw-up session. Like, oh my God, what are you doing? And we get to the end of that year. We had more money in the bank without his 150000 Look. Gang, here's what I'm telling you. Stretch. Swing. Don't, don't look, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling you as one who got scared. On the front end of bad news, okay, let it process through. You know, freak out, act like a three-year-old, do all that. But get a hold of yourself and realize, wait a minute, we got to go. We got to keep moving forward. I got to take the steps I've been given to take, and I got to move forward. The provision will come. Uh, got to get through this message in a, in a hurry. Kickoff's at three. Stretching will make you vulnerable to several things. One, criticism. Not your enemies, your friends. When you start stepping out of what folks are comfortable, the fence they've got you in, it's gonna threaten them. This is just human. This is not, it's, take it to Christians, to business, non-believers, antichrist. Everyone's wired the same. You start moving out of, of where you've comfortably been positioned in people's lives, it will threaten them. And by their insecurities, they'll start to, to say, what are, you, what are you talking about? You, you, why, why are you trying to, why are you mucking around with all these gifts and stuff? You're not one of those or whatever. You start, you want to have your own business or, look, you, you, and I wish I could tell you, I got good news for it. It's going to happen. Just going to happen. It's going to be your friends, could be family, could be wife, could be husband, could be children. You're going to have to just push past that. I just, I don't have much better advice than you're going to have to endure, stretch, feel it and go, feel it and go. Discouragement's gonna come. Gang, one of the most important things I've ever learned is how to encourage myself. 
There's, an, there's a lonely, and that's another one of these. Uh, there's a lonely that comes when you start to step out, especially in ministry call. There's just a little bit of lonely because nobody understands it but you and God and maybe one other person that's done what you've done. But most people can't quite get in contact with what it is you're feeling, and you will feel that loneliness, all right? So learn how to encourage yourself. David, when nobody else was around, encouraged himself. And gang, it is so important when you start stepping out in faith, you're gonna have to tell yourself, I know I heard God, regardless of what anybody says, I know I've heard God. God, I trust you, and I'm gonna stand in faith. I am going to do it. Stress, you're gonna feel some stress. Pastor, the Bible says be anxious for nothing. Yeah, but it goes on to say be anxious for nothing, uh, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God that the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Why did he tell you what to do under stress? if he told you just not to be under stress. You're gonna feel it. Here's what he's saying. When you feel when you feel that, go to God with prayer, supplication. In other words, just keep saying it. God, remember I told you yesterday, uh, I don't know if you forgot, but I'm here again today. With thanksgiving, Lord, I've seen you do 10,000. I've seen you do 100,000. I've seen you do 150,000. I saw you do 700,000. I saw you do 2 million to get this property, and now I'm up against 3 million. With thanksgiving, thank him for where you have been. Tracking? I gotta put this in the end zone. Here we go. Lastly, God stretches us to maximize us. Quick exercise. Everybody stand to your feet. Do one of these. Whoa, make some noise. Uh, All right. That's a good stretch. Y'all sit down. I'll put it in the end zone, I promise. Oh, see, so here's the deal. When you stretch, when I stretch, I might look taller, but no height has been added. I just, I just maximized what was already there. Maximize what was already there. The cowgirls are at home. <laughs> They're at home today eating pizza, watching other f real football teams play. <laughs> the reason, <laughs> the reason they are, it's not because they didn't have the most talented team. They just didn't get the max out of what they had. They were very talented. They didn't play at their max, and I'm getting mad just talking about it, so I need to just we'll go there. Just stay calm. Four, $40 million for a quarterback who's not worth it. Lord, help me. I don't understand. Back to this, stretching, maximizing. 2022 for the Crossing Church is a year of stretching in faith because God, there's stuff that's been sitting here, but because it's so cushy, we hadn't gotten it out of us. And there's fight in us that the world needs. There's spiritual power the world needs, and it's here. Uh, I'll, I'll close here. So, so the second, third, and fourth, we're going to have revival nights. And I feel even weird and old saying revival nights because crazy things go through my head. But they are revival. Revival simply meaning the Holy Spirit coming in and just being himself. But I was praying about this because these aren't the type services in my mind that I lead well. This is what I, this is what I do best. And so I started immediately praying about who should we have come? Should we have Larry? Should we have Jeff Collins? I, I, Joe and Becky are going to be here for those nights. But my, my first thoughts were, who needs to come in and help us lead these meetings? And so I start praying. 
and I'd raise a name, a name to, to, to God just in prayer, but I could never get that woohoo, that, you know, that faith, you know, that vision fueling like, yeah, that's, that's him. And I'd raise another one. And after a while, I talked to our staff a little bit and just basically said, man, I'm not sensing anything warming up toward bringing in an outside person to come. And I'm for outside, I praise God for all the different gifts of the Spirit. And here's what the Lord said, is because I don't want you to trust, or not trust, I don't want you to lean on somebody else. Everything you need is in the crossing. I wanna maximize what's already there. I wanna maximize what's already there. Those gifts, yes. The gifts, the power gifts, those things are already there for those who, who you know, we need to, we're gonna have a night where we're gonna practice the prophetic. Uh, and it's like, and, and, but the gifts are already here. We're gonna practice. We're gonna practice those things. Uh, hosting the presence of God, we know how to do that. Here's the thing, gang. God's raising our church up. He's not, not in comparison to another the church, What's in us, we've got what we need. Everything we need for life and godliness, it's sitting right here. We don't need a hired gun, and again, I'm, I'm for hired gun, but, but God's doing something he wants to get the maximum out of this, this year. Are y'all tracking with me? Y'all stand to your feet now. like prayer teams to come to the front. The greatest power ever released has not been nuclear power. It's when Jesus Christ stretched when Jesus Christ stretched on the cross and the stretching wasn't just physical stretching, here's what stretching faith looks like. God, I'm gonna die at your directive and I don't have any control to raise myself from the dead. Jesus didn't raise himself from the dead. He completely depended, that's what faith is. He completely depended on God to raise him from the dead. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. If you don't raise me, I don't get raised. And at that point on the cross, the greatest stretching ever of faith, power from heaven to save humanity was released in that stretch. And you and I that have received Jesus, we got saved then. Powers released in the stretch. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, never, maybe you say, well, I don't know if I have or not. Well, we're about to pray a prayer right now. And I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to come in and do what only he can do. I can't get you saved. And if he doesn't stir your heart and soften it, you can't get saved. You're dependent more than you realize, and so am I. But man, I believe God brought you here to hear this message today and to recognize, man, I need God. I mean, not play like church, not an illusion of something, not be a better person. I need a power that goes beyond my imagination and my explanation. I need the power of God and the power of new birth, rebirth, born again of my spirit, saved. And I believe the Holy Spirit right now is actually moving on some hearts that are saying, God, would you make that guy shut up so I could get saved? So I'm going to lead you in that right now. Would you all just bow your heads? Holy Spirit, would you come and do what you do? Holy Spirit, thank you that you convict and you're here and you're attentive. And so we come before you right now, Lord, crying, Lord.
Save us and we'll be saved. Heal us and we'll be healed. Save us, O God. Save us, O God. We need you. We need your salvation. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as Savior, the whole church is gonna pray together. But you pray this and you mean it in your heart and today your life will be changed. Praying after me, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you. I'm fully responsible. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He lived for me. He bled for me, and he died for me so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be saved today. I believe you raised him from the dead, and I receive Jesus Christ. I personally receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I surrender. I surrender. I'm all yours. Thank you for saving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Father, for every person that just prayed that prayer, that just gave their life to you, Lord, I pray right now that you would begin to speak to their heart, assure their heart. Lord, when they walk out of here, the first thing that's gonna come up is nothing changed. That was just all something dramatic, but nothing changed. I, I get ahead of that right now. The seed that was just planted will not be stolen. And I speak over it, a sealing by the Holy Spirit of their salvation. And I pray, God, you would restore the joy not only of their salvation, but to all of us. Restore the joy of salvation to your church. Then we'll teach transgressors your way. Thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, our final act of worship today is bringing our tithes, our offerings, and our financial gifts Lord, right now we come, and for every family, Lord, now this is an independent thing. Each family that comes before you to say, my first and my best I give to you, Lord. Thank you, God. Your promise, Lord. Now we come to you to say, Lord, we hold heaven and earth accountable to your word. You said, you said, try me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing you cannot contain. Lord, we, again, we, we, We've come to exercise and obey, and at the same time, we expect the word of God to be absolutely true. So thank you that you watch over your word to see to it that it performs all that you sent it to do. And so God, with great faith, bold faith, we bring our tithes, our offerings, and we thank you, God, for all the promises that accompany that. I also pray, God, for men and women that are trying to sort out their finances. God, would you bring people into their lives? Would you bring uh, Dave Ramsey materials? I help, Lord, help people steward well and become blessable because of their stewardship, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. I bless the finances and the giving of this church and these church families in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So, gang, if, uh, if you gave your life to Jesus today, I would ask you just to, for you to come down and let somebody pray with you as well. If you're in one of these stretchy fights, you're trying to start something, you might need somebody just to agree with you to say, hey, go for it. Come up here, let them pray for you. If you need physical healing, anything you need, make your way this direction. Let folks lay hands on you and pray for you, all right? Everybody else, y'all have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. Keep up with everything going on at The Crossing by liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram, or subscribing 
to our YouTube channel. Or you can visit us online at www.thecrossing.cc.